Welcome to episode number 43 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. I wanted to give you a few of my tips for the holiday season because I think it can be something that we often overlook, right? If the holidays kind of creep up on you and all of a sudden you realize you're in the midst of sorting through Amazon packages on your front doorstep and trying not to look at the ones that maybe your partner ordered or trying to hide them from the children or trying to make sure that you are um, coordinating the events for the actual holidays, it can feel like a lot. And so I wanted to share some of my tips for making it an an enjoyable holiday season. And I know for some of you who are thinking, uh, oh yeah, the holidays, you know, and that uh, sense of whether it's annoyance, frustration, disgust, ambivalence, discouragement uh, comes up. We're not here to judge it. And uh, and I don't uh, intend to ask you to change your thoughts here uh, about that, because I do recognize that some of us come into the holidays with some past trauma and with some um, issues that, that we're dealing with, with our family members or with our own mental health or with our relationships. And and so I just want to say that I see you, if you're going through a season in your life and the holidays aren't really looking like a time of the year where you're lo- really looking forward to them, then I get it and you're not alone. And uh, and I hope that there are a couple of uh, supportive tips in here that um, that may offer you a little bit of comfort during an otherwise kind of tough time. And then for those of you who just love the holiday season and you have your Santa mugs and your, uh, and, or your holiday, you know, decorations up, whatever holiday you, uh, you celebrate, uh, this will maybe just add to your enjoyment of the season. So, and as a side note, uh, for whatever you celebrate this holiday season, I just want to say happy holidays to you. And I wish you all the best and a uh, wonderful close to the end of 2022 and uh, welcome, you know, into 2023. And we'll have one more uh, episode before the uh, end of the year or so. Um, But in the meantime, let's talk about kind of how to make the holidays more enjoyable, especially if you're not feeling like you're in a very uh, excited mood about them. So I think one of the first things that's important is one of the things that I teach in, whether it's to my business clients or that I do in my own business or in Nurses Living the Good Life is when we talk about, um, you know, implementing new things in our businesses or in our practice, we talk about using scientific method. And we, we know as nurses that scientific method is the core of a lot of what we do. And this may really draw back into the recesses of your brain if you're like, oh God, why are we talking about scientific method? I haven't talked about that or thought about that for a bajillion years. That's okay. It's normal. And I also want to offer that you're probably doing scientific method most days in your job. And if you see patients, you know, you're certainly doing it sometimes up to 20 or 30 times a day. But the basis of scientific method is that we have a hypothesis and then we, right, we, we say, well, I think it's this thing, right? I think it's an acute abdomen or I think it's, you know, candida. And then we go out and we essentially test and we look to see, uh, we use a method and we uh, do an intervention, right? And we have a control and, and we test and, and then after that, we collect our data, we analyze our data, we come to some conclusions and then we make recommendation, recommendations for the future. And scientific method, again, this is something that you may have forgotten about it, but it really is part and parcel to what we do as advanced practice nurses every day that you see a patient, uh, you know, and have to uh, take a history, you know, get subjective, objective data, and then also come up with a, an assessment of plan. 
So with the scientific method, one of the things that you can use it for around the holidays is, and I would call this a pared down version, is to say, you know, here's the here's the goal. Like, what's working, what's not working, and what do I want to do differently? So I want you to think back to last holiday season. And I want you to ask yourself, you know, what worked around that time and what didn't? And for those of you who maybe were like me, my family missed uh, celebrating Christmas, a Christmas holiday with the my extended family because my two kids had COVID within a couple days of each other, which also happened to be within a couple days of the Christmas holiday. And so we ended up celebrating Christmas at home. And I'm sure, you know, I, I am not alone when I, you know, feel sadness or talk about missing a holiday because of COVID. I know there are many of you out there who have gone through something similar, whether it's, you know, just this past Thanksgiving or whether or not it's been over the past two and a half years. Uh, so, but think about, you know, what went well, right? Last season, was it maybe that you decided to do all your shopping online? Or maybe you decided to make it easy and get gift cards for everybody. Or maybe it was that you said, you know what, I'm just going to give cash and I'm actually, we're going to, you know, give gifts to these people and not do these. Maybe some of you said, I'm not doing Christmas cards. It's just way too much for me right now. Maybe, or holiday cards. Maybe some of you said that uh, you were well to go to the holidays and you declined them. Right? Maybe some of you said, the hell with this, I'm not going. Thank you for the invitation. And, you know, I'd rather stick hot pokers in my eyes than go there. I mean, I know some of you are thinking this. It's okay. You're in good company. This is a safe space here. And I want to invite you to just own how you felt about it. And in all its glory, if there were things that you despised doing last year around the holiday season, then I want you to consider those. And for those of you who love to write or to journal, it's a great journal activity to say, you know, what worked for me last holiday season? And then what didn't work? And uh, and really to, to consider, you know, the wins and, and to write it down so that you can take a, a look at it. And then I think from there, what's always interesting is that when we have some data, just in the same fashion that we ask a patient, you know, the subjective history, and then we look for objective data, in the same way, we take some data on if we think through what happened, what worked last year, what didn't work last year. If we have some data, then we can look at that data and say, all right, now what? And where do we go from here? And, uh, and then we can make a plan to move forward. And I like to do this. I think it's a useful thing. I do this again all the time in business, right? What programs are working? What's not working? What do we want to do differently next time? Uh, whether it's with onboarding clients or strategic planning or, you know, the way in which we, uh, the operational side of our business. So, so remember, before we get into, you know, setting boundaries, which I know some of you are like, oh God, here she's going to talk about setting boundaries. Ugh. It's okay too. You're in a safe space. We're going to get through it together. I promise you. But um, but I want you to think about uh, really first before we go, what really worked well. And any time that you are doing an activity like this, always start with the positive, right? Let's not get ourselves into a negative framework uh, in terms of our thinking. Let's start off with some of the positive and, and some of the wins. And very often you may sit there and say, I don't, I don't think there was anything that worked last year. And I'm going to say to you, all right, okay, I see you. And if you if you could just take one more gander, uh, was there anything? I mean, small. Maybe it was that you, 
you know, got your nails done, or maybe it was that you had Christmas in your PJs, right? We start small. Maybe it was that you decided to enjoy a gingerbread latte, right? Anything counts here. We're not looking for quality. We're not even looking for uh, the quantity. We're just looking to get going. So just start with that list, what really worked. And for me last year, one of the things I think I came to rely on more was a lot of online shopping instead of doing, you know, any of the in-person stuff. And that really felt, uh, that really felt good. And then, uh, and then don't tell the children, but we figured out a way to disguise the Christmas presents. And, and that was really a win. We found, we have a, a uh, some old boxes that, that no one ever looks in. I'm not even going to say which ones just for the rare event that one of my children hears us, but we found a, a place that, uh, that felt like a real win when I discovered it and thought no one will ever look in here. And, uh, and we've been able to keep that as a sacred space. And if you're like, what is a secret space? I need to know. So my kids don't know, send me a DM or send me an email. I'd be happy to tell you. Um, but, uh, but right. Like think about those, those wins, small or big, uh, and, you know, um, instrumental or, or maybe just, uh, minuscule. That's okay. We're not here to discriminate against them. We just want to list them out. And then let's think about what didn't work. Okay. Well, I went to a couple of holiday parties or I gained a couple of pounds or I, you know, um, I overindulged in alcohol or I spent too many days with a mild hangover. Or maybe I was rushing at the last minute to get all of my, um, you know, shopping done. Or I, oh, I know one other one I'm going to share with you guys. We paid a, um, a friend to come over uh, who we know of uh, and uh, paid her to wrap the gifts. And I'm telling you, it was one of the most wonderful things. And I love to wrap presents. I, I really don't mind that. And last year we had a lot of gifts to wrap and, um, and it just wasn't one of the things I, I wanted to spend my time doing. So we made a decision to have her over for an evening and we left the house. We laid them all out. We got all of the supplies for her and she went to town and she wrapped and nothing short of, I bet, you know, 75 or 80 gifts. And we, and we just had a lot and a lot of those little gifts, you know, whether it was for the dog or one of the kids or things in the stockings or extended family, we just had a lot of gifts to wrap. So, so it was a joy to be able to pay her, to support her and, uh, and to take a, you know, one of those tasks off of my plate. And to be very fair in my household, when the holiday season rolls around and, and it comes to wrapping gifts, I usually tend to be the one who does the bulk of it. Um, but I do have a partner who, who helps out, uh, and who makes sure that, you know, we have at least supplies as needed and, uh, and sometimes does some of the wrapping, but that generally follows to me. So that was really nice to be able to <clears throat> outsource it to her and to, uh, allow, you know, for some extra time in the night that we had her over. It was great. We ended up going on a date night. What could be better than getting out of the house? In my opinion, not much, right? Getting out of the house, with my beloved and having a, a lovely evening together and not having to worry and coming home to the gifts being wrapped and hid back in their special hiding place. So, so think about those wins. Think about, again, some of the things that worked, some of the things that didn't. And, and then we start thinking, what do I want to do differently next year? And when you start to think from that standpoint, I think it gets a little bit easier because we're not starting from scratch. Uh, now, if you want some more general tips, I've got a couple that I think are, are useful. 
Um, and, and really a lot of these we're going to focus on you as keeping you healthy, happy, and, uh, and cared for as an individual during the holidays. And before we get into what I would recommend that I think the, the things that are useful, um, I want to just make mention of this concept. I want you to consider if I were going to gift myself something this year, right? Because I don't know about you, but if you are not including yourself on your list of items or Christmas shopping to do or holiday shopping to do, if you are not on that list, then uh, then then who who will care for you? And are you willing to find out that maybe somebody you know forgot about you when it comes to actually giving out the gifts? And if you've been in that position before, you know, it's kind of, it can be a tough one. So here's an opportunity. What if we gifted ourselves instead of waiting for someone else to gift us with a, you know, some sort of a treat, whether it's a massage or it's a, a manicure or it's a long walk in the park or it's a new pair of cowboy boots. I just found these fantastic cowboy boots that I am so excited about getting, um, right? Like, what are you going to gift yourself this holiday season? Right? Let's put every, everybody else for the most part usually gets taken care of, but do you, and is that a priority for you? Are we going to put that on the list of what didn't work? I didn't gift myself uh, what I needed in order to feel my best during the holiday season. And if so, then, then let's start. And we're going to talk through that because this is, you know, if some of you are like, oh, she's just going to talk about, I should go exercise. Well, yeah, that's important. I would say move your body and I'm going to give you a couple other ones. I think that the base of this discussion has to be that we agree that your health, your um, level of comfort, your opportunity to, um, to reward yourself, to care for yourself, to gift yourself compassion and love, that that is our first step always, always, right? Not, not after the fact, not if there's enough. No, 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 no. We always start with ourselves. So what could that look like for you? And again, for some of you, it'll look a little different. Again, maybe it's a pair of cowboy boots for you, or maybe it's, a, um, you know, going to get a um, manicure with your family. It's one of the things that I tend to do with my sister-in-law and my niece who's older and my mom. We sometimes try to go and get a manicure together before Christmas and uh, so that we can spend a little time together and it's usually quite nice or sometimes we get a massage but it's a nice family activity that we can do together and something that all of us enjoy because we tend to do a lot of the cooking and in our house and in our houses and when we get together so it's a really lovely uh, exercise to care for ourselves uh, the givers uh, and uh, the people who are routinely doing and giving uh, for the others. So, so think about what do I want to gift myself this season? First and foremost, if I was going to put myself first, put myself number one on the Christmas list or on the holiday list, the gift giving list, you know, what would I put down for myself? So do that first before you do any of this other shit. Okay. I want you to make sure that you are first on that list and you want, and you think about what do I want? I want, what do I desire? What, what could create pleasure for me in my life? And then I want you to go out and create that. I want you to go out and get it. I want you to not wait for somebody else to give it to you. I want you to go make it happen. Go purchase it. Come up with a plan to purchase it. Um, you know, get it. Let's make it happen. Okay. 
Now, beyond that, right, because I think that's the first foundational uh, step beyond getting some data, right? If we say, well, we apply kind of our rationale for, you know, what worked, what didn't, what do I want to do differently next time? That's really step one. Step two is really what am I going to give myself, right, as a very foundational step before I start facing externally and, and addressing all the external needs. I commit to uh, addressing my own internal needs. And then from there, then, only then, do we start to think about, okay, well, all right, how could I create some joy for myself and for the others around me this season? And I think there are a couple things that stick out to me. Number one, I think, you know, the holiday season tends to be long. And so for a lot of us, you know, if you've been walking into Target or uh, Walmart or your holiday store is Costco, you've noticed that the holiday stuff has been out for some time. And interestingly, right, we're, we're getting, we're right now uh, in the first week of December as I record this, and we are, um, we're already seeing some of the retailers right, begin to transition over, I would not be surprised if at some point before the holiday, before the uh, first of the year rolls around that we, I see some Valentine's Day stuff. It's just how the, the retailers have really uh, expedited the timelines and, and elongated them uh, for uh, many of uh, the holidays around. And maybe you've noticed that too. So I think for me, one of the things I like to realize is the holidays are a marathon, not a sprint. It's just something to consider like, all right, there's, you know, a couple weekends in there. Um, not every night is a night that I want to be out. Not every night is a night I want to be doing something because we do a lot of that during the week, whether it's with soccer practice or carting somebody's ass to some practice or some shit. I mean, you guys know the drill, you know, it is a, if you run a household or you are a caregiver, you have uh, obligations beyond yourself. And so I sometimes get to a point where I don't like to, uh, add on much additional stuff. Um, so we think about the holidays as a marathon, not a sprint. And I think too, this applies for all the holiday outings with family. You know, I would consider it's a marathon. You know, if you are somebody who celebrates, uh, the, you know, let's say Christmas, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So you may, if you go to a couple different families, you may spend a couple hours there, or you may do a day here, a day there with this side of the family or that side of the family. And I d- would just like to offer to you, what if it what if it was just two hours? What if you just said, you know, this year we're just going to do two hours with each side of the family? Because beyond that, it doesn't feel restful. It feels stressful, and it feels like you know, it doesn't really serve me in a way that I'd like to, you know, be served over my holiday season. I mean, isn't that a novel concept? Like, oh, what what do I need? What do I desire from my family? What do I desire from these social gatherings? Right? And so think about them as more of a marathon. All right, I'm going to pick and choose. Well, we do a couple hours here and a couple hours there. And as a rule of thumb, some of you may say, you know, we never commit to a day long in a gathering or we don't commit anymore to doing multiple families when in, on one holiday. Or um, I just met a... Um, a nurse who was doing my blood draw uh, last week for the Pfizer study that I'm in. And he was saying that, you know, they have just decided they rotate Thanksgiving and, and they celebrate Christmas. They rotate those two holidays between their families, which one of which is out of town. And, I, you know, it's a great, it's a great idea, right? But just remember, you get to do that. You do get to choose. And look, 
Now, the fallout of that, some people might not like it. That's all right. We're not here to please everybody. That's one thing I need you to remember here. I'm not here to please everybody. And when I get into people-pleasing tendencies, the only one that ends up upset at the end of the day is me, right? Because I haven't had my own needs met. So I want you to just notice that. Say, all right, why, if if I think I need to go somewhere for five or six hours, why is that? And is there any people-pleasing that's involved in that? And am I willing to abandon that behavior because if the reality, you know, if the reality is that I'm the only one who suffers at the end of the day, then am I willing to, you know, put some boundaries in place so that I decrease or and or limit and or eliminate my suffering for the holiday season? I think the other one too is just continue with uh, the lifestyle, you know, the healthy things that you're doing. I think some of us may get into a mindset that the holiday is the time to be able to let loose or you know, kind of relax or rest on our laurels. And to some extent it is. And I would also offer, I would choose where you, you know, relax, right? Is it that you're relaxed around food? Is it relaxed around booze? Is it you're relaxed around uh, the way in which you're dressing, right? Not necessarily, um, you know, getting out of your pajamas a couple of times during the holiday season. Some of those things are healthy and some of those things are not, right? If I am the person who wants to stay on protocol throughout the holiday season, And all of a sudden the holiday parties are coming up and the cookie trays are out and the fondue is there and the uh, wine is flowing. And I, right in that moment, I just have to make a decision. Am I going to be accountable to myself, to my protocol and to the way in which I, you know, the, the, the diet I maintain or the lifestyle maintain gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free. Am I going to be accountable to that or, or not? And we don't decide that in front of the cookie tray. We don't. We don't decide it at, in the bar when the bartender says, what do you want to drink? The, we, we decide that before we go to the bar. We decide it before we go to the party. We say, well, tonight, you know, I'm, I'm uh, uh, looking to, you know, maybe allow myself to have one glass of wine. And that's it. We make that decision before we get there. And then when we get there, our brains inevitably will say, well, oh God, another glass of wine would just be fantastic. Then the other part of your brain is like, God, the wine they serve at these parties is always shit. So you know what? Why do I, why do I even want it? And the other side of your brain will say, oh God, but it's so good. Everyone's having such a good time and the urges will pop up, right? And you will desire another glass of wine, but you will hold yourself accountable and you'll say, no, you know what? We decided, uh, you know, last week that we were going to do one. That was that. And it's okay, right? It's all right. Nothing's going wrong here. We're not going to die because we don't have a second glass of wine. Maybe a little bit uncomfortable in the moment. Yeah. All right. Can we do uncomfortable? Yes, of course. Uh, So allow yourself to continue the healthy habits that you have established in in the year. Uh, Allow yourself to continue those and create the systems that are really going to be supportive to you, right? Don't go into the holiday parties without having something to eat beforehand. It's one of the skills that I picked up just being gluten-free, dairy-free, and and soy-free because I tend to eat at home before we go or always have a gluten-free something in my bag um, so that I don't go in hungry because, you know, when hunger kicks in, I don't know about you guys, but hunger kicks in and I'm like a different woman, you know, I'm just... I like lose a lot of my rational thinking, right? Probably because the urges are really strong. And so I just make sure that I don't go in there super hungry so that I'm, it's not harder. I'm not making it that much harder to manage my brain around things that otherwise I might enjoy having. Uh, the other thing too, I think is um, uh, you know, 
communicate to your partners um, what can be most supportive to you. I think one of the things we probably don't do enough as women and a lot of the work I see with clients is we take on things and we don't necessarily talk about them. We don't necessarily ask for help or we have discomfort around asking for help. And we then sometimes forget to delegate and then we feel resentful at the end of the day because we've, you know, done all this shit and nobody noticed, nobody said thank you. And, you know, now we resent everybody around us and we get chippy and somebody's like, mom, there's no milk in the fridge. And you're like, there's no milk, of course. You're like, I've been shopping for gifts for, you know, three weeks, damn it. And, you know, you just lose it, right? And again, we're not here to judge it. It's all right. It happens. And I'd also like to invite you to say, what could happen if you were willing to delegate some of this and or to share the the load, ask for help and, you know, to be a human who doesn't do it alone uh, and who com- commits to, uh, if she feels resentful, looking back and saying, what is the reason I feel resentful? Is it because I didn't ask for help? Is it because I didn't communicate with my partner in terms of my needs and what I was doing? And is it just that I'm, I'm in a shit state of mind in terms of my thinking. And so that's creating some of the resentment. Only you know, you got it and you know yourself best. So take a moment and just investigate, get curious there. All right. What is, you know, why do I feel this way? What's going on for me right now? When my resentment kicks in, it's usually because I haven't done my due diligence on, you know, setting up the system for success. And so then I feel resentful because the other people aren't mind readers. You know, of course they should be for for God's sakes, you know. Uh, And and I feel a little bit resentful there. So I think those are my, you know, it's, it, there's not a lot, but I think these are the ones that really are top of mind for me. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Maintain that healthy lifestyle. Keep doing the things that have been supportive to you, whether it's walking, staying on protocol with the foods that you eat to, you know, nourish your body and keep it so it's out of pain and, and not inflamed. And, and, uh, and then further, you know, ask for help and avoid <laughs> as best you can setting yourself up for resentment by becoming the woman who says, oh, you know, no, I know that when I don't ask for help or when I just make assumptions that sometimes I feel resentful at the end. And so therefore I'm going to put the system in place so that that doesn't happen. I think those are all key components. And, and again, this all starts with really a clear and clean vision, uh, you know, that I think can, is, and all, and all of that can come from a place of, if I look backwards to what happened last year, you know, what really worked for me, what didn't work for me, and what do I want to do differently that next year with a focus really on, you know, gifting myself this season first and foremost. So, so I hope that's supportive and I wish you all the best. Uh, these are a lot of things we talk about in Nurses Living the Good Life. Next launch, doors are closed currently, but the next launch will be in January. And so if this is some uh, content that you think would be supportive to someone else, I would encourage you to forward it to them. Uh, share, a po- share a podcast episode from if there are any of these that you have found useful, please feel free, free and share it. This is how we grow as small businesses. And, uh, and I will uh, see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.